0: Listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones.
1: Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl.
2: All
0: right. So, if you are joining us right now, all ones of you, or however many are joining, this is our first live podcast that we've actually done most of them are all recorded obviously this one will be recorded and it will go out on uh it will go out get edited and go out next wednesday but we're actually recording it today so we will get my beverages lined up here i'm double fisting just because we don't know what this brings we're talking duck hunting today by the way and we've got bobby hayes from ducklander calls here what's up everyone so Um, we're going to put his name to the test today his company name because we're going to talk about duck hunting but not just you know how to blow a duck call but more in field type calling so you have a little bit of experience with that i'm good at it some days Um, well some days i'm not (laughs) the the ducks can make the best caller look terrible some days that's right so and i've I've been humbled many times and i'm not even that good of a caller but i Everybody has. I've been humbled many times. Hey, now we've got we got Chandler with us. He had to go grab a call. What's going on? I'm glad I can make it.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna knock all these calls over. Yeah. I'm step up. We got a lot I'm of us out of frame. I'll electronics right. here. Would not be the f- first time. Huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> you set them all up and they yeah. all fall over. Yeah.
0: Beverages and that's dangerous. So I have told everybody that today is not necessarily a how to blow a duck call or talking about. Just you know ducklander calls in general, but more of a infield type yeah, calling I mean, thing
1: once you can figure out how to make the note how to use it yeah, uh so we did classes up here at the
3: store all summer mm-hmm. and probably the 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 biggest question after you help them learn to run a call a little is what do I do with this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the class has turned into a lot of yeah, what do I do with the thing you've just taught me mm-hmm. so uh. I don't know if you just want me to go into my general thought on this deal. So
0: we, we've got 90 minutes, and you just blow a call for 90 minutes. I can, yeah. I can do that. I can do that. Was that, one, one, that, that was that one show you went to, right? The first one. <laughs> I'm going to guess your viewership would just tank
1: after about the first 90 seconds.
0: <laughs> I'm going to make sure. Can everybody hear So I'm going to go. I need to turn my volume down here. Turn that. Oh, not my ringer. I don't.
1: Yeah, care. I was uh, when I was grabbing my call, I checked it, and the audio sounded pretty good. I mean, Hopefully we don't have any feedback, but everything else sounded pretty good. Excellent. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, maybe we start with, like, I mean, what's coming up. I mean, a lot of people are in early season for big ducks. I mean, you're probably hunting water. You know, what do we think? You know, is there, You know, maybe the changes throughout the year kind of things. start off with what you'd be doing. I mean, if you've already been out or going out this weekend. Uh, we opened Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we
3: were out last weekend. There wasn't a ton around yet, but yeah. this week could change some of that. So, my guess is we'll pick up brown ducks this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got buddies in Canada right now that are doing pretty good. I've got some other buddies in Nodak right now that are doing pretty good. But we're extremely wet north of us. Yeah. So, I'm going to guess this will be delayed. Yeah. Yeah. We might
1: get snow next week. (laughs) That's what I heard. What?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You didn't hear that? I I look at the forecast like two days ahead of time because they're weathermen and
1: i mean if you want to get it accurate it's like five minutes ahead of time yeah then you might you might get something right what's up steve
0: oh yeah oh yeah we can watch it right yeah there. i'm staring at my th- phone i can yeah. respond but
1: yeah uh did you did you tell them who we're on with aaron yes
0: okay we have introduced bobby hayes from ducklander calls thank you nolan um
3: so my general thing if I've, if I've got somebody that's very inexperienced on hunting uh the first thing i like to do is tell them, let's lose the uh the standard hell call comeback call the phrases cuz it's very confusing i like to look at it more as uh, a conversation so and then when i'm personally looking at like what's going to go on for the day uh a lot of the calling would be what am i hunting
0: mm-hmm. you recording over there
3: are we are we good
1: well we're going f- to figure that out <laughs>
3: There there we go. There we, we got go. a thing going I was out. like,
1: okay, wait a minute. I yeah. am not involved on the technical end of this today.
0: Yeah, I just happened to look over and I was like, man, I know we're streaming, but are we recording?
1: Yeah. We will be in just a second. You guys keep going.
3: Okay. <laughs> so instead of thinking of things as a hail call, so this is what I do the first time I see ducks because there's just no, no good way of that. So your your greeting call is whatever you do at a duck the first time you see it. That could be a feed. It could be a quack. It could be a loud... Aggressive hen, So that's that's a to me. That's a greeter Um, So trying to just have a predetermined Sound you make because you see ducks is is a pretty hard way to do it Um, I would encourage people to learn More of what a duck would actually do in the environment they're hunting So there's a lot of factors going to that So are we hunting something that's a, a midday loaf Are we hunting something that's a staging ground before they go eat? Are we hunting a feed? There's many things because they're going to act differently in every single one of those scenarios. So you can think of it a lot as it's the same thing if uh, you're just talking to a person. If you've seen your buddy across the... uh across the parking lot and you just started screaming at him as loud as you possibly can he would probably look at you and say what what is wrong with you right yeah now? why are you screaming so typically what you would do is you would say it just loud enough that you think he could hear it and if he didn't hear it you would go up louder from there so that's a good way to think of greeting ducks is you want to just enough volume that you think they can hear it but not enough that it's
0: absurdly loud at the time I like uh, when you're telling it Kind of like when you're telling, like, a secret in class or something. You want your neighbor to hear you? Yeah. But you don't want everybody to hear what you got to say.
3: Yeah. So you really just need to speak as loud as necessary. So uh, another uh, kind of I – I don't know if you call them rules or just guidelines that I use. The correct amount of calling is usually the minimum amount needed, not the maximum. Uh, That's – because, I mean, that tends to work better. So whatever the minimum is that day would be the correct amount. Uh, but there's many things so if you're on a loaf so if you hunt depends on what part of the country and you got stock ponds stock tank farm pond, we recall like typically that is not an aggressive part of a duck's day that's a very lazy part of a duck's day so they're usually not going to feed in that they may have food in it but that's more of a forage so they're pretty relaxed unless the wind's howling they're going to be pretty spread out across the pond Love doesn't really matter the size of it, it's a little acre pond or a six acre pond. they're usually fairly spread out and that's not an aggressive time of the day so if you're hunting that being aggressive on that isn't always the most realistic thing you could do uh so you kind of want to match calling to what's going on and that's not to say that you know they can make you they can make your rules vanish pretty quick on certain days yeah but like typically if I'm hunting a, a stock tank or a farm pond and they're just foraging, it's not a feed. Like, there's not going to be a lot of feed coming out of my call that day. Hmm. It would be a lot of soft calling. It would be more quacks, just sounding like multiple hens that are talking back and forth and being, just being relaxed. Uh, If you're hunting a feed, we may not particularly call it one particular duck like we would on a farm pond. We may just try to sound like we're ducks. Uh, So, and, you know, the other thing is... (laughs) If you're not real good on a call, you're better off doing the things you're better at than trying to do a bunch of things you're not good at. And sounding bad. And sounding bad, yeah. Because it's not particularly, a lot of days it's not particularly the the sound you're making, but it's the timing of it. So if you're trying to calculate timing and how do I do this note, that gets pretty tricky in your head. So that's kind of my basic basic breakdown of where I would start when I would look at something to hunt overview yeah it would be what am i hunting uh how's the hide if the hide sucks you can't make much sound
1: because they're going to pick you out yeah if the hide's great you can make more sound yeah yeah that's good points There's a lot of, a lot of a lot of good good points in there to remember um so if we kind of like take this i like the the early season kind of loaf that you're talking about so um i mean you're talking a saturday or sunday or something maybe a day you have off so you're going to be in there in the field longer so you might be hunting water and more of a they're not feeding they're coming back to chill out the birds are um they're coming back to rest they're on a loaf that's what i was trying to get that out so everybody knows what we are talking about and then you're saying uh no feed you're just you're just talking or super minimum on it minimum yeah so if
0: you want to give some examples of kind of what you're talking about so so if you're on a little farm pond
3: or stock tank or a big farm pond but it's a relaxed setting uh the first thing i would not try would be running a big aggressive feed at now that may be like if nothing's working that day and you want to throw something out because mm-hmm. like i said they don't always do the thing uh but if you're trying to finish ducks into something like that and you just want to be soft you'll hear a lot more of that on that type of water than you would hear that's just not going on because yeah. that's excited. so the other way to think about it a duck is kind of similar to, to any other animal. So if you had a bunch of puppies and you feed them, they're mm-hmm. going to go crazy <laughs> and they're going to attack the bowl and yeah. they're going to fuss with each other and it's a real excited moment for them. Uh, ducks are the same way. When they get in a feed, they're going to get real excited and do a bunch of crazy things and make noise and fuss. But uh, when they're in that loaf, that's just not the mode they're in. No. So trying to, to make it sound like that is not always, you got to match where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, now, like I said, if they're just not responding that day to anything you want to try to rip them out of the feed, by all means, because you're... I mean, you got to throw, yeah. throw
1: the kitchen sink, you know, you got to try whatever you got. Yeah,
3: but uh, a real good friend of mine that I hunt with, uh, his saying is always, let's make it sound like duck hunters aren't here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a pretty good rule to follow. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So... Because sometimes I feel like sometimes guys, when they they see the moment they see ducks, they just have this routine or there's something that they've been blowing in the truck or practicing, and it just immediately it starts. It, like you, you start yep. playing music or you, you hit the start button and you just go through this whole thing. And if that didn't work, there's nothing else. You know, there's they don't they try it over and over and over again until one bites. I guess
3: I would prefer uh, if we're in a good hole that the duck is going to lock up on me without sound. Yeah. Uh, typically if you can get ducks to look at you without sound to begin with, the more times they spin you without talking to them, the more your chances go up of finishing those ducks. So if I can get two swings out of those ducks before I have to make a sound at them, we're probably going to kill those ducks. Yeah. Yeah. Now that doesn't happen every time you hunt. No. Uh, and there's difference because you could be on a spot they want to go to and you could be running traffic. But, uh, I think you're typically better to let your scout and your decoys mm-hmm. be the main pull. And you're trying to finish with a duck call. Uh, but, like I said, it doesn't happen every day. We hunt a lot of fields that are not on Xs. We're right. hunting by the X, so we're moving them, which is a
1: totally different atmosphere. So, yeah, go over that. So, let's say now we're, we're, we're there a loaf that we've scouted. and All the ducks are coming. We've got that kind of covered, you know, very minimal. You try not to call, really. But then but you're not really trying to be aggressive or feed or hail call or anything like that. But now if you're running traffic, do you do anything different when you see them flying? Uh, Typically
3: what we'll do is say we're running traffic on water. Uh, You'd have a bigger spread, Mm -hmm. and depending on the wind, if it's real windy, because this is going to change your calling. So if it's really, really windy, typically your ducks are going to be bunched up. Uh, They're going to be tight, and that's about the same whether they're in a field or they're on water. The windier it gets, the tighter they'll get with each other. the the looser the wind gets, so like say under 15 miles an hour, they're going to start spreading out when they're just sitting and Mm -hmm. hanging out. Uh, Like a real good example of that, typically you'll see geese in a field. If it's not windy, they're going to feed and they'll be real spread out from each other. The windier it gets, the more stacked they'll get on top of each other and they'll have more of a direction they're facing. Uh, So typically the closer ducks get to each other, the more vocal they're going to get because they're making each other angry mm-hmm. they have to fuss because yes. it's just what they do and they talk more so the more spread out they get the more lazy their their vocalization gets so uh if i'm running traffic on a on a pond big wa- big body wire could be a lake could be yeah. anything slew whatever uh, yeah it could be anything um i may have let's just say there's two other guys hunting with you so say one is terrible on a duck call and the other one's mediocre and okay. you're you're the better caller out of the group uh, if we're just running traffic, anybody can make noise mm-hmm. when they see him, because you're not going to hurt anything. You just need attention. Yeah. Uh, typically, we would take and go down to one or two callers after we get attention, and the guy that's the worst at it would then drop out of the calling. Uh, he may be on the whistle after that yeah. just to add background noise. Um, typically, we only like one person on the call after they're within 100 yards but that's because we want to center the ducks up to a sound Mm -hmm. so we find it works better so say you have your three layout lines out which isn't as big a deal as if you have five or six or eight guys yeah but uh the ducks ducks and geese are both they're going to chase the sound so if if you've got wind that's coming from your left side to your right and the ducks are so landing left and you're calling them from the right side they're going to fight Trying to land on that call, so they're not going to get in front of all the shooters. Mm-hmm. So, we usually have the finish guy on the side they're going to light to. Yeah. Yeah, because they're going to hunt that sound down to the water. So, uh, and on that, like if you're running traffic, that is very dependent on the day. Do they want a lot of calling to finish? Do they want a little calling to finish? Mm-hmm. Or are they looking at ducks off in the distance? So you got to keep their attention the whole time. Yeah. Um, a lot of days like that you're going to make sound until they hit the water yeah so that's kind of the the guy on the call is going to not be first on the gun yeah because he's he's going to set them down for the rest of the guys that are hunting that's yeah. kind of the the sacrifice that guy makes that mm-hmm. day so that's yeah that hard, would be that's a hard sacrifice i think <laughs> it can be i think it's the most beautiful yeah. thing you know when
1: you could just bring them all the way down to almost getting their feet wet you know i mean that's the that's the coolest thing ever yeah so when you start this process is it you're not like Obviously, competition hail calling i mean are you are you just are you good good loud heavy, yeah so, heavy cadence or
3: um typically like if we're running traffic and i just want to get attention i may only do four notes at them but it may be the same four notes over and over and over until i see him do something i want to do mm-hmm. so it would just be just be four big hens. It would just be that sound until I get them to do something. Because gotcha. you're not really trying to sound like a duck, per se. You just want... I mean, you're duck. not trying to sound like a duck, but you're really just wanting attention. Yeah. So I'm going to hit four or five loud, big hens on a duck call and just see if I can get them to, to break over towards me. And, and, and then
1: we would start getting yeah. more real. And then you're you're probably hunting with guys you hunted with quite a bit or yeah. something and, and everybody kind of knows what you're sounding like what they sound like they're going to be different than you you're not all going to do that same cadence because <laughs> they'll be doing maybe something shorter longer more influence you know uh, uh typically
3: uh if that's the day uh there'll be somebody else that that barks up and does a similar sound but they're not going to walk on top of me doing it yeah they're going to wait till the end of mine and we've hunted together long enough i kind of you just kind of know the spacing to when yeah. they're going to break off and the next guy's going to start uh and then we blow a lot of just loud feed if we're trying to run traffic gotcha uh, especially if we're in grain fields that are dry because uh, we just want to sound like a bunch of ducks using the grain yeah uh now another thing we'll do is uh, especially if we've got ducks and geese that are mixed uh we may have one guy uh, honking and one guy blowing a duck call uh if they're used to being with geese because yeah. the goose call travels quite a bit further yeah and it's rare we don't have goose decoys out in that spread How so many
0: goose decoys do you typically run in there
3: oh uh, on a typical farm pond for us we usually run six dozen if if once ducks mix on our on our ponds we will almost go to a a full goose spread with minimum ducks in it really yeah so you know six dozen a couple dozen ducks and some yep. mojos or yeah. lucky ducks yep uh yeah. if if we've got uh, a lot of geese and we're gonna shoot mixed we may shoot 10 du- we may throw 10 dozen honkers out yeah. and then yeah two three dozen ducks. Now are you
0: still using spinning wings water motion yep. all the above
3: yeah uh we typically like our minimum on spinners uh we'll throw two luckies out uh a big water spread for us we may have six um And see, your spinners kind of dictate too. If it's if it's a, uh, this, is how we, this is just how we feel. I don't have any way to prove it one way or the other, because everybody's got their opinions the opinion on, spinners. on spinners. Yeah. Yes. uh Personally, to me, the spinner never spooks anything. Ninety-nine percent of the time, it's the hide. Yeah. I think what the spinner does do is the spinner gets ducks looking a little harder. So if the hide is weak, it exert yeah. it. Exer- it it really shows off a
1: weak hide well you, you see a lot of people use spinners i mean where are they where are they sitting at right right, on, right behind them right they're right the spinners are right there in front of you yeah so i i so you got a
3: cloudy day they can see better you're getting more looks because of the spinners so you just have more chances of ducks seeing you yeah. so to me it's almost always the hide that's ruining your day yeah like 99 percent of the time and you just can't always get a good hide yeah
1: that's kind of the it doesn't matter I what mean, you're you, hiding in. you might be casting a shadow no how hard <laughs> no matter how hard you try low profile layout blind still cast shadows you know on the right on the right sun height
3: oh see because we'll have we may have a pond and it's loaded and you you just have to wait till the winds right to hunt it with the hide yeah that's best because mm-hmm. if you pick the side that the hide's not as good on it's just not gonna work yeah so we'll we'll hold off a lot of days but If you've only got one day off, you have to make it work. So, Bobby, I got a question. Yeah, Yeah. we got a
0: question here from Travis. And what's a good thing to do when you have a group working and they've made three or four passes? Like, what? What's your go-to if if they're not sure and you you really
3: want to try and? So, Travis, I'm going to assume they've made three or four passes on their own, uh, in the way you're asking the question. If not, just shoot me back up. If you're saying they've made three or four passes and you've had to talk to them the whole time to get the three or four passes out of them, so if they've made three or four passes on their own that is when you can just on a corner uh just a nice little series of quacks and uh, typically if they've made three or four passes on their own and you get them on a corner i'd prefer the corner that they're coming to you on so if they're going to finish say on the left side of the of the blinds you want them on the right corner when you do the sound not on the left corner because they've got to keep swinging around mm-hmm. to finish but so on your right corner uh like my typical on that would just just that and
1: preferably they'll lock up and that will be the last thing they do uh so now, what if you've 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 done everything you've 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 chattered back and forth and you've you've, you've done this routine you've, you you talked to them for two or three passes and they're just not it's probably the hide but they're just not you know they're not settling down so, so do anything a good a kitchen good,
3: sink wise a good way to look at that would be if we've if if you've been talking to them the whole time just say ducks are hard that day and they're just not listening Uh, If we've got three or four passes and they're just not going up or going down. Yeah. They're just floating at that 100-yard mark, which they do a lot on days where you're not going to finish ducks well. Mm -hmm. They're going to hit the 100-yard mark and just spin you. Um, Typically on that, I will get more aggressive on the corner. And I want to look and see if just one duck will change something it's doing. You may change for the worse. It may start beating wings faster and get higher head out. But So that gives you an indication that that's not the thing that day. Or you'll get one to lock up where the other ones are doing the the medium wing beat and you get the one to lock wings. Well, typically if the one locks
1: wings, you keep doing exactly what you were doing over and over and over do you think that more often than not is that more is are you you kind of getting the band sh- struck up again with everybody calling or is it you just uh get more? usually
3: we'll have just just one just get if, really aggressive with yeah, their calling yeah. yep uh now what we may do on a situation like that and this is just kind of comes from you hunting as a group for a long time because most of the guys i hunt we've been hunting together for six seven years longer yeah uh if you get the one to lock up and they're they're coming, you may have guys start adding some background noise for you
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, and nothing crazy, just
0: <laughs> just a little bit of chatter and some whistle and mm-hmm. really that's that's pretty basic. a lot of people can do that oh, I mean, absolutely, and so you don't have to have the best callers in the world with you just for background chatter. no keep that in mind guys you you don't have to be an expert caller, no, not at all.
3: That. Uh, You just have to stay hidden while you do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing that is super good for finishing ducks in that situation, any situation, uh, especially if it's someplace where they're not going to hear a lot of feed, are just real small quacks. Just that slower cadence, just quacks. If you go listen to ducks almost anywhere on water, when they're not excited, they make that sound a lot. Mm -hmm. They just sit there and talk to each other.
1: Yeah, I find myself doing that more often whenever they're you know you got to work with them but they, usually that's kind of the noises we're making i'm making you know when they're coming in all the way in yeah you got to talk to them yeah. all the way down uh, that would probably be 90 percent of my
3: finishing sounds mm-hmm. it's just small quacks i may i may go from a quack to a real easy you could you could call it a feed, but if you space it out it's more of a cluck yeah yeah because they just uh we have we have six or seven ducks in my house and they just make clucks all the time yeah. when they do things just running around the grass forging those Whatever, yeah. yeah but yeah just finishing sounds <laughs> 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 they'll just do that and it doesn't hurt anything if they can't see you doing it you don't really have to stare at them to do it no because you already know they're in front of you yeah. and coming so you can stay pretty hidden and uh there's nothing wrong with that if you're holding a call uh when the shot gets called. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what it takes that day. So no, that's those are great finishing sounds. But that's the biggest thing is is people just need to get out of their head that you have to do a particular thing at a particular time to yeah. to
1: call. But you also mentioned that if they're finishing on the left of the blinds or whatever, if you maybe have a corner or forty five degree or a crosswind on that swing you're hitting them over there, not on the you know yes. not, not when they have to make the full you want to hit them right before they you know they could I try to hit
3: him at the last possible second i think they would need to come back yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you don't want to give
1: them
0: time to overthink it
3: no no yeah i want a reaction i don't want a a debate in the air
1: yeah there you go
0: okay so gary wants to know what you would do on a quiet day and i'm i'm guessing is that like a still day i'm not sure what you mean by quiet day gary
3: so gary now some of this would depend on what you're hunting like a, a a quiet day in a cornfield would be much different than a quiet day, say, on a marsh. It Doesn't matter if it's public or private. Yeah. So we'll, we'll let's say start qu- with a marsh. So we'll say quiet day on a marsh. Uh, so I'm going to assume quiet day means we don't have a lot of people in the marsh with us. Yeah. Um, Maybe a lull, bluebird sky, no wind. Yeah. yeah. So full moon. Yeah. Blue sky. Yeah. Not ideal in any way, shape, or form. But that's the only day you got. But that's the day you got. <laughs> uh, the very first thing I would do is my very first ducks I seen that day. I would want to know how much they like a duck call that particular day. And a good way to judge that is, if you see the ducks and you make some sound at them, now I don't mean blow them out of the air, just enough sound they can hear it, and you can blow your duck call till that duck comes all the way in and hits the water. And like I said, nothing crazy. If you can just make sound, pick up your gun and shoot that duck, that duck liked the call that day there's a good chance the rest of them that day will probably like the same thing. Uh, if you do that and you scare the duck, making all those noises, then you know it's time to do the absolute minimum you need yeah. to shoot that duck that day. That's also a time when a whistle becomes very effective.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, because you can almost not over-whistle a mallard duck or a pintail or a wigeon. Uh, that's a sound they make all the time. Yeah. The other thing, too, I think... Uh, sometimes gets overlooked it doesn't matter how many days ducks have been shot or what time of the year it is ducks talk to each other they don't know what the day is yeah so a duck talks to the other ducks the same as it talks to the other ducks whether it's the first day of season or the last now they do get so i think what most guys end up doing is they throw the same exact scenario at them every day so it's not necessarily they're scared of the calling they're scared of the entire setup yeah yeah, so I don't call any different because it's the first day or the last day. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's whatever they wanted that day in but particular. Does, does
1: your spread look different between day one and day? Oh, it know, can it look would, drastically different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, between uh, floater honkers, the the floating a bunch of ducks, more spinners, less spinners, whatever. And we're
3: exponentially trying to hide better the longer the season goes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like yeah. I said, I think that's like 99% of the battle most of the time. What's the battle? Because the farther in the season, the more dead things everything yep. gets. and the... Everything gets snow on it and yep. everything gets matted, matted down. down. And then it gets harder and harder and harder. Yes. So the, so we, we spend probably three-quarters of our time in your guys' layout blinds. The LP, all right. Uh, well, last year, because it was so stinking muddy, we we couldn't even get mules or rangers yeah. in anywhere. So, yeah, we packed in almost every. So, yeah, last year was the LPs. But normally well, we're just yeah, in the frame ones. Yeah, okay. most of the time we're just
1: in the Goosebusters. Yeah, that's like right. it, yeah, you told me last year it was so muddy you had to yo, put it on your back. And those little Rogers LPs are like this Oh, they collapse small. Like oh, I wasn't, I wasn't man enough <laughs> to drag those. Big sp- ones. I mean, it was muddy,
3: boys. Uh, but so we spent – uh, so, like, typically for us, we'll go through. We cover those blinds. you put a base coat on them, and about once a month, you have to refresh them because we put them just assembled back in the trailer. We don't break them down every day. Yeah. Uh, so, typically, what we do, uh, I take a weed eater and I put a grass blade on it. So, not the whip, but the actual the, metal the grass blade. Pla- or the metal one. Yeah. The metal grass blade, and we cut grass every day we hunt. Uh, every three layout blinds takes one six and a half foot bed full of grass. So if we have six layout blinds, it's two, two bedfuls. So you have your base cover, and then we fill in between, we touch blinds, we fill yeah. in between the doors. Mm-hmm. We take the shape out of the back, and then we, so we make it look like just one big mound of grass. That's what works best for us. Yeah. Yeah, on that. Uh I
1: mean it goes a lot way. That's a lot of effort but it goes a lot way.
3: You know, if you get it down, your group of guys can cut grass. So you got one weed eater running. Some guys usual hedge trimmer. I don't yeah. like bending over. I'm getting <laughs> kinda old. So yeah. I prefer the weed eater. Uh but I can cut I can cut out a, a ditch grass run to fill up a truck in less than like ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So if we cut grass it's twenty minutes in the morning, but like I said, you hide, you can call, uh it gives you enough cover that you can because that's the other thing. You can't call ducks unless you can see the ducks. You can blow a duck call, but you can't really call a duck. Yeah. So your guys making background noise don't necessarily have to see them, but whoever lead on the call has got to be able to look at the ducks. If you're not hitting, you just can't. Yeah. Yeah, that makes it pretty difficult. Uh, and then the other chunks were usually in uh, the A-frames. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a completely different calling scenario. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah. Layout blinds, if you have a good hide, you don't necessarily want to call when they're directly over you, but you can get away with calling when they're directly over you if the hide's good and they like to call that day. In an A-frame, you almost can't call when they're above your head, yeah. because no matter how
1: good you have it covered, it's, it's still open. It, yeah, there's still a black hole, mm-hmm. sort of. I mean, yeah. you can cover it a lot, but you're still not you don't want to bring attention right yeah. over top of you, because they can look right down into...
3: So typically, if we're, uh, you know, you try to get them so they won't spin over the top of you, but that doesn't always Sometimes they just want to do
1: that they do (laughs)
3: well a lot of times too they're just hunting sound yeah so they're floating you trying to find specs are terrible about it
2: yeah
3: uh so they're just floating that sound trying to look in so typically uh when stuff's right over top of everybody's head down staring at the floor yeah yeah and then you know you'll have one one peeker who's usually lead on the call yeah and that's you know in an a frame but they're super effective some days yeah yeah some days i think a frames will hide out better than layout lines yeah yeah uh we use them a lot uh if we have zero hide we call we call it a caterpillar <laughs> so we'll throw the caterpillar out because yeah. it's just a big furry thing that sits out in the middle of nothing yeah and we'll do the caterpillar and just no in, in nothing and it works a lot yeah um With good head cover don't move around you know stay stay low and that's the biggest deal is just to not to move in those when they're above you yeah but they're said so they're super effective uh they're great too uh layout blinds kind of suck when it's zero out yeah it's just hard to stay warm in them Um, where the a-frames break the wind and uh, we're getting a little older so we'll throw heaters in them with us there you go yeah little buddy here it makes everybody more comfortable you can stay out a little longer yeah
0: yeah it's more comfortable to sit and shoot out of a chair than it is trying to sit up all the time I
3: I would prefer the layout
1: blind for the shooting. Really? Oh, all, all day. But we're just really used to it. No, that's a good point. Uh, okay. Yeah. So Some people, will, like they take some, you know, a week or, you know, the beginning of the season oh, yeah. to get used to it. They're, we'll shoot ducks, you know, in a marsh, and then you go lay in a blind, and you, you get up, and you're looking up, and you're shooting almost at the decoys. The, the <laughs>
3: hardest part about getting used to layout blinds is, is just the coming up mm-hmm. out of them. Uh, you'll see a lot of guys hit the doors first and
1: then grab a gun instead of coming up. Well, I see, and I see a lot of guys come up, like, blazing, like firing, and they're not even ready yet, you know, come up and pick a bird and shoot.
3: Well, and see, that's, that's kind of the other, the other thing, uh, if you can get yourself or your guys to do it. If you come up out of a layout blind or you come up out of an A-frame slowly, like it doesn't need to be molasses slow, but just deliberately and methodically so you're not jumping, most of the time the birds don't even know you've done it. Yeah. You can usually look at them for a little bit, yeah. Because they don't know what is going on. But if you blaze out of them, well, you scare the crap
1: out of them. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of times you see them, they say go, and then doors are open, oh, yeah, people are jumping. It always feel like a rush. you got to beat the next guy or yeah, something. You yeah. know? Well, like,
3: I don't know, like your guys' is blinds, I don't throw doors. I just sit up. And well, yeah, they, on the LBs, they just go out of no the way. frame.
1: They're just, they just kind of, yeah. they can, yeah, just get out of your way. Yeah,
3: you really don't have to physically make an effort to yeah. throw doors. Sure. Yeah, so, but, oh, no, you have to get used to it. But, yeah, I would prefer shooting off my butt than standing up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess you could think of it like if you are if you're for whatever what reason, you're, if you are trying to hunt a whitetail out of a layout blind, you would never just blow up and shoot. No. No, you or would, turkey. Yeah. Or, you, yeah. Would, you, would, you would come up. Yeah, like you say it's not smooth. molasses.
3: It just needs to be yeah. uh, a smooth thing and not a giant jerk of motion, yeah. mm-hmm. especially when there's six of them
2: out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um Clay Hutnall wants to hear the whistle, so what scenarios up, would Clay? you what scenario would you use the whistle in uh, we so, you briefed on it a little bit, but I know Pintails. Um, mm-hmm. uh I personally unless they're mixed in with mallards, if we're calling just
3: pennies, I will not blow a re- to call it a pintail. I don't think they like it uh however, we have called a lot of pintails in with the whistle um, so that's just <whistles> just, <whistles> just that uh we will have one guy on a whistle, maybe two um calling anybody who lives in oklahoma knows how good a whistle is on pintail yeah it is the king now if they're mixed you're calling the mallards and you're hoping the pintails follow um we we typically always have somebody on a drake whistle uh doesn't matter if it's on a pond if it's on a dry feed it doesn't
1: matter what they're doing uh like i said you cannot over whistle a mallard i don't think that's done enough oh i don't either Mm-mm. i don't think you know a lot of people I might have them, but I just don't ever, you know. You know, the, the whistle never strikes up when you start calling ducks. You know?
3: Well, I think they look at it as I see a mallard, I'm gonna try to call it in with this whistle, which it doesn't work that way. Yeah. All you're trying to do is finish the duck better. Yeah. With the whistle. Uh, sound you know, not like duck hunters. You just try to, yeah, to not sound like duck hunters. Um, so a good way to think about this too. So let's just talk on mallards. So when when the first bunch of mallards we're gonna get in Kansas. In any number, this is going to be around Thanksgiving. That's just the traditional time you're going to yeah. pick up ducks. So you're going to shoot, like that would be the time of the year you're going to see the most hens, would be Thanksgiving week, first week of December. Well, as it goes on, especially as you get into January, there's a lot more greenheads in your bunches, and they're usually extremely vocal. Yeah. Usually hardly ever do not hear uh, greenheads tweeting in the morning. Uh, you, do we do we as okay. they're circling you mm-hmm. uh so they're always making sound so it hurts nothing to have a guy it, it doesn't even matter when he does it like yeah. i said if you're in a, a layout and he keeps the face shields over and he's making sound at him, that's fantastic yep. uh, if you have young kids with you it's something they can participate in without ruining everybody else's hunt trying yep. to figure out a duck call because there's a time and a place to teach them that and it's really hard to do that yeah. at a layout lines. So, young guys, young gals can blow a whistle anytime they want, as long as the ducks don't see him, it's not going to hurt anything. Um, and if you have a guy that's terrible on a call, it's another way for him to participate without ruining everybody's day. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I personally always have a whistle on my lanyard, um, and a lot of times, especially if ducks are tough that day, I may go from... <whistles> i may do a lot of that that day just to have another sound out there yeah and then widgeon love the whistle too widgeon will come to a whistle like no other uh i don't whistle for teal that much a lot of guys do uh teal respond really well to a readed call yeah so uh we call a lot of teal in the years we have we don't always have them where we hunt Mm -hmm. some years we have more like last year we didn't have a lot of teal everything was flooded so it was just sheet water everywhere so there's not we were shooting teal
0: clear up to christmas and Last year. Yeah, we were. Yeah.
3: Beautiful,
1: beautiful greenhead. or yeah, green, green wing. wing. Yeah. More,
3: more teal yeah. get shot in December than get shot in teal season. They have to. Yeah. But I'd like to see the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, no, so, yeah, whistles are super effective. Uh, but they're just a confidence call. They're not the main call. Um, but, like I said, we, we almost always have a guy on a whistle.
0: So, yeah, that works. We've got a request for the fifty fifty and the G45. It's more of a duck podcast, but. That's all right. I
1: mean, I mean he was talking about we he did mention goose call yes. to finish ducks, which I was in Canada last week and we did that a lot. So oh yeah. yeah. It's very effective. Uh yeah.
3: you know, even like we run down to uh we run down to Oklahoma every year. I just buddy hunt with uh Albeck. Yeah. And even at those lessers, uh he typically if it gets tough will have somebody on a spec call and he will have uh somebody on a duck call sometimes. Yes just to make it sound like the group they were feeding with yeah yeah now you're not going to blow a spec call a lot for the lessers but once they get behind you you let out a little bit of a yodel and he likes you four or five seconds later to let out another yodel while they're spinning the lessers all that stuff if that's what they're used to hearing can
1: be pretty effective yeah uh it's hard to say if it ever really works yeah do you ever pick up on like scouting you know roll that window down and listen to them oh my know? gosh yes and then you're knowing kind of what you're going to be sounding like the next day maybe you oh know? absolutely you know so yeah. if you're if you're watching a feed you know on a cornfield or something and and it's all sorts of lesser specs mallards big honkers whatever you know you're paying attention in the back of your head and what the whole thing sounds like oh right? absolutely
3: yeah uh, especially on feeds yeah on yeah feeds. Cause like i said when we go to a, a cornfield say you got a really good feed like a really good mallard feed for us would have say Fifteen to thirty thousand birds in it. That's yeah. a pretty good mallard feed for us in you know, a dry feed. Um, if I have five guys with me, I'm probably going to have all five of them on a duck call. Yeah. Now, my my two end guys. So I'm usually on an end, and I got another guy on an end. They're probably going to be the only ones that are actually calling at ducks. The other ones are just making noise because you just need it to yeah. sound like it sounded the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh It's pretty hard to overcall a duck in a dry feed. Yeah. Most of the time, you just want noise, because uh, that's that's kind of like hunting a, a snow. You really don't know what you're going to finish out first. Yeah. The the duck you may be calling at at the beginning may get overtaken by a, another bunch of fifteen hundred that ends up in first. Yeah. That you didn't see, so you're just trying to make sound, and water's a little different because. You know, water, you're typically setting birds' feet down. Uh, like, if anybody watches our videos, like, one of the issues we have is uh, we – I I have a thing for finishing ducks. I just I, – I'll call them about shooting them. I could care less. Uh, but, like, a lot of times they'll get hidden from the cameras once you get them under about 15 yards and they're on the deck. Yeah. Uh, so if they're laying, a lot of times they'll vanish from the cameras because the layout lines end up hiding them. Yeah. But in a cornfield, I mean, you're going to set some down, but typically – because this is just how they act in a dry feed they're going to go down they're going to hit the ground for a second and they're back up yep. they're going to go down mm-hmm. hit the ground for a second and they're back up and then you might get the bunch to settle but usually you're shooting them before the bunch settles all the way in
1: and unless lot, you're just messing with them. a lot of times they're hens that are kind of the first ones to bounce <laughs> absolutely the you know, cherry know, so bird is usually again yeah, yeah.
3: so you're really just trying to make it sound like ducks because you're trying to get the best pass you can
2: yeah
3: for the most amount of kills yep so if you get the wad at 15 but they're not necessarily back battling; They're just giving it a really hard look. Yeah. But, you know, you watch ducks spin a cornfield. They're doing that same thing, whether there's decoys yeah. and hunters there or not. Yeah. So that's, let's say you're not particularly calling at a bunch trying to finish them out in a dry feed. Yeah. yeah, it's a little different.
0: So uh, just so that um, Gary can hear oh. some of your goose calls, what would you be blowing if you're typically duck hunting? And I know you're not going to get crazy aggressive on a goose oh, call like you would for, for uh, honkers or anything. You're just going
3: to but- clock or honk i mean that's about it you yeah. just want background sound mm-hmm. yeah uh you can always moan at a at ducks you can always moan at anything just that it's not a lot very basic yeah very basic uh and typically when we're calling geese on water we're not doing much more than that anyway it's it's uh depends on the geese so lesser's are completely different than honkers or interiors whatever you want to call that's it. one
0: thing that i've done over the last couple of years is to hunt a lot of geese over water it's fun oh it's very fun <laughs> it's i fun. would take
3: geese and water all day over geese and fields oh it's blast. yeah because my favorite is you get the death moan <laughs> and
1: you yeah. know it's a dead goose
3: yeah. yeah i mean it's just a dead
1: goose yeah as soon as you talk to it hey, you're smiling so big whenever that you hear that yes and I love it when they... I get chills every time. And geese finish out so good yes. on the water. Oh, I've, more of my... When I see geese maple leaf, it's more, when I'm, more often when I'm oh, on yeah. water. I mean, they just... You can, they come over a hill or something and they just see it. the trees just next to a pond. Down. Yeah. They're
3: just very safe in it. Yeah. 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 Um, but, I mean, that's kind of the deal, too, is everything tries to eat everything we hunt. Yeah. So, their number one goal is to not get eaten. And yeah. then their number two goal is to put enough calories in to keep going north and south. Mm-hmm. So they're very protective but they seem to chill a little bit once they hit the water Mm -hmm. on that yes
1: but uh 50 50 i don't know he wanted to hear that one so (coughs) so it'll
3: be a little less sharp it depends on how you tune them too but this is a 45 (coughs) so but you can tune that little 50 50 up for lessers if you want so a lesser call generally has a little more scratch in it, it's a little bit higher pitched. Uh you're not quite trying to make the same vocabulary you would make to honkers. Lessers don't uh they just don't uh need as much to call in. You're typically clucking where uh depends on what kind of big geese you're hunting, but like the majority of our big geese, when you're hunting water, you're honking and moaning.
2: Yep.
3: Yeah. If you can cluck, honk and moan, you can kill anything on yep. a on a honker. I mean, spit note's good every now and then, uh, a little bit of train, but really if a guy can just moan and honk, he he can kill about anything, Mm
0: honker-wise. I have often found with, well, ducks and geese, a lot of times less is more for me. Yeah, 100%. That's why I said the minimum
3: amount needed for the day is the correct amount, yeah, as a general rule. Mm -hmm. Uh, I kind of look at it the same way as I would look at uh, if one of my kids get in trouble. The minimum amount of discipline needed was probably the correct amount. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, it's very similar. Uh, Now there are some days you can just go crazy with them if you want to have fun and talk to them a lot. But for the most part, I said, it's a good way to just think about it as a conversation you're having with a person or a group of people. You don't start off yelling uh, because everybody thinks you're crazy. You start off with what you think they can hear and then you have the conversation back and forth at the appropriate volume it's it's pretty much the
0: same way with a duck or a goose mm-hmm. so then that would be a fun experiment to try i would encourage anybody watching listening next time you go somewhere use your outside voice inside yeah. and see what kind of looks you get and it's, <laughs> it's very shocking yeah. but
3: yeah the animals can be about the same way. yeah, yeah.
0: that would be funny that's yeah. like when you get on an elevator and there's only one other person, and instead of standing in the opposite corner, you like go stand next to him. It's just <laughs> really <laughs> awkward.
3: Well, sometimes too, when you're talking, if you want to overemphasize a point, you may actually whisper instead of saying it louder to get your point across. So you can communicate the yeah. same way with animals that way. Yeah. So. Makes sense. Yeah. If yeah, anybody so, has a dog, try with your dog. Yeah, it's the same thing. Your dog will look at you like you're an idiot if you just start screaming at it, it doesn't know why. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. But, so uh like i said it it, and it really doesn't matter like i make duck calls so obviously i like to sell duck calls but it doesn't matter if you have one read in your duck call or you have two reads in your duck call or you have a loud duck call or you have a soft duck call it all works the same way when you're doing this so uh it's not as important as what you're using as in how you're using it Yeah. yeah
0: and I think a point that you made earlier that I, I really liked is, instead of trying to do a bunch of different types of calls, stick with what you're good with. Yeah,
3: hundred percent. Just... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're better off uh, using what you you just you use what you brought instead of trying to uh, do something you can't do. Um, the summer is a much better time to try to figure out a new note than
0: while you're hunting. So that's what I do, driving back and forth to work. Yeah. I've got a hand cut. Loud timber in my truck that sits in the console and back and forth to work, and it takes very little practice
3: to get better on one. If you if you just touch one for a few minutes a day, yeah, it
1: exponentially gets better. Yep. yeah. Uh, so you're talking about on your swings and certain times you like to hit them. You know, obviously mm-hmm. compared. But do you ever pay attention on that bird as far as what their posture is or what they're doing? in yes. more detail to know when to call because I know we, on on geese and I think on ducks too. I, I'm watching them the one that might look like it's going to respond the most i'm watching what their head's doing if they're you know if they're even looking or if they're they're moving their head a lot if they're trying to find something you know what what do you see what that makes you want to oh here in this moment i need to give them interested or ducks have about in my opinion they have about three different tells
3: to them so one they they can't see forward very well yep. their their eyes are more adapted to see left and right uh so that's kind of the deal uh everybody's Stood in the marsh, and you're like, I don't know why this duck just flew in on me. He just straight in and came in. I was just standing there. Well, they can't see you because they don't see forward very well. When a duck wants to look at something, duck turns his head sideways to you. Uh, So when they're in the air, they do the same thing. Uh, A duck is looking at you when his head is sideways, not when it's pointed straight at you. That's when it's really focusing on you. So if you're making a call and the duck's head suddenly goes to the sound and it's cocked sideways, it's really scanning the ground, trying to figure yeah. out what's going on down there. Is uh, that a good
1: thing or a bad thing, you think?
3: Usually that's a good thing. Yeah. If the duck doesn't like it, its head goes the opposite direction yeah. at where it wants to end up, yeah. which would not be with you at that moment in yeah. time. But, yeah, so if a duck likes something or now – now that's in the air. If a duck has started on the water, it's going to stick its head straight sideways to the danger. So, like, if you're walking up scouting a place and you creep over the grass – Yep. The heads aren't going to go up and look straight at you. The heads are all going to go up and look sideways at you. Yep. That's how you know they are now. They're looking for you. So, um, so they they will cock their heads. And geese are super bad about it because yep. they'll they really uh, look down and look over at you. They'll also roll that head yep. to try to That's, look down mm-hmm. real well. Um, it's the opposite. So when you have ducks sitting on the ground, they're looking for birds of prey. That head will go almost straight up to the sky yep. to check for birds of prey um but so you have that and then wing beats uh you can almost always check for wing beats yeah Uh, typically if the duck's not interested the wing beats just very methodical Uh, it doesn't have to be fast per se it's just methodical that means it's just kind of floating around you it doesn't really care what you're doing one way or the other uh if the wings beat slow or they lock up even if just for a second it likes something you did or something it's seen it might have liked your sound it might have liked the decoy spread the motion or yeah. might like the spinner yeah. but it likes something uh and you can translate that same thing to uh, to your spinners uh we hardly ever shut spinners off for ducks because we don't think they spook them mm-hmm. um, but uh, if you're having a rough day you can always hit the remotes and kill the spinners and see if that changes an eyeball or yeah. that changes a wing beat yeah. it might make it for the better uh, we do use the ones that intermittent yeah, we you use like, those quite often. Or, yeah, yeah, we, we do too. We like those. I think it looks pretty real when they flash here and then they yeah. don't flash there, especially when you get off at a distance. To you them. go
1: off at a distance, it looks like that duck, duck just hit the back pedal and then hit and you know yeah. hit the water, and then that one did it again, and then just a couple seconds later that one did it again, and two it did it at the same time. It's a little random, but it's not just constantly on. Yes, uh,
3: and then feet. Feet are a big one. If the feet drop, it liked it. Yeah. If the feet yeah. tucked back up it didn't like it. And they'll they'll drop feet from pretty high up. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean those are usually your tells. Uh talking back can be good. Um what I've always done when they talk back I try to repeat whatever they did. Exactly. Just exactly to it. Yeah. yeah. If she quacks six times, I'll throw six back at her in about the same case.
1: What if it was the worst-sounding hand you've ever heard? I will do the same exact thing back <laughs> Basically, just I pitch and catch just I, back and forth. Yeah,
3: I do not judge the way they talk. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. If they're just they're not squealing and, me, and, hopefully. and, uh, the and one's, have no
3: voice. The one sound you'll hear that's a, that's a death sound to your hunt is chatter. Uh, now, I don't know this. This is just kind of what I have— This is my opinion over how many times I've seen this. Uh, A lot of times you'll see this at first light. You'll get ducks that'll lock just at a gun range over the top of you. And they're not doing a feed. They just do a chatter. They do that sound right there. They're not coming in. Um, I think what they're doing, I think it's a spacing sound. I think so, too. They like to tell all the other ducks just where they're at because it's kind of dark. They don't see real well. So they have to make some sounds so they know where everybody's at. But I think most of the time they're trying to get your spread to get up with them uh-huh. is what's going on. I can see that. Yeah. I hear
1: that in in the evening, evening, real they, dark. Yep. Before like, they roost, Getting out in the marsh. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes those evening hunts, or you know, if you're hunting a marsh or something like that, you know, they don't really come back until I mean, you have to be you have to be packed out. Yep. You know, you're, you're you're done. You're walking out, and then all of a sudden, hundreds of mallards come back to the marsh, and they're all up in the air like mosquitoes, and just they just chatter, just chatter. Like that. Yep yeah so i think I, it's spacing kind of keeping
3: her you know just talking communicating i think it's a spacing and i think they're just trying to let whatever's down below them know it's time to go wherever they're going go eat yeah so you, typically if you hear that that's not a group of ducks you're going to kill yeah. you may pull one out of it
0: but for the most part that that group of ducks has got something else on its mind other than sure the spot you're at so we've got another question here from Corey. And he wants to know, how would you set up your decoys for ducks? Would you set them to finish over the geese, or would you set the geese out front, or like when you're using so, geese and your ducks
3: are if So the, the biggest difference between ducks and geese, now you got two kinds of geese, so this kind of changes. So honkers will typically never land inside of other honkers. So that's big geese. So say geese over 8 pounds. Uh, those geese are always going to land on the edges of the other geese and walk in because they're going to have a territory battle right then Uh, so typically if you have big geese land on other geese you're going to have whatever goose is in charge on the ground they're going to get their head up and you're going to hear the honking typically the honking comes from the ground all the other sounds you hear are the geese coming into them yeah Uh, so that's another thing to think of when you're calling geese big geese is most of it is honks and clucks because that's what the ground geese are doing. All the other sounds are from the geese coming in. But those geese have to land in front of the geese that are already there and then have a little territory battle and figure out who's who and how they're going to eat because you are nesting with a lot of family groups. Um, Lessers will just land on top of each other and pile, and lessers fill in a spread. Uh, Now ducks, um, ducks kind of get bullied by geese. So if you leave enough space inside of goose decoys, they'll still fill in. Uh, but typically, if we're hunting a water spread, and say, say it's a, a two-acre pond, and it had 500 geese on the day before, a couple hundred ducks. We're going to take six or eight dozen honkers, and say the wind's straight at our back. I'd prefer it quartered a little bit, but let's just say it straight at our back with the hide. We're going to run the geese down about as long as I can run them down the side of the bank we're on, and we're going to leave some space in them. Uh, now, this would be primarily for trying to kill ducks. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to take a spinner and I'm going to randomly put a couple spinners out in front of us mixed in with those those geese. Most of the time, if the geese are 10 yards from my blind, those ducks are going to light straight in at the sound at the spinners at about 15. They're going to land about five shy of those if it's yeah. a bunch. Now, a single duck can go about anywhere.
2: Yep.
3: Yeah, they may tuck clear up against the bank, may hop the honkers, that little three or four yard ring you left. They may land inside of that if it's a single, or yeah. Uh, but typically, like I said, they're going to land just on the front edge of them. Uh, if we're hunting sideways, so I may take. Uh, you got to be careful with ducks when you got your goose decoys out because if you have geese out at forty yards and it's a big, big body of water, a lot of times they're going to land out with the furthest goose goose yep. away from the danger. Which doesn't matter how good your height is, the danger is the bank. Yeah. So you kind of got to be careful with honkers getting them too far out. Uh, for ducks because they absolutely will hit the the end honkers yeah but they're typically going to land not in them but next to them
1: yeah do you ever run full bodies mm-hmm. uh, with your floaters is that are you portraying that this is all safe up here like an ideal situation would be the
3: water just uh goes in real gradual so yeah you can go uh your floaters then mix your floaters with some full bodies yeah. and then up to the grass yeah yeah that would be ideal because that yeah. looks super good. It mm-hmm. Looks very real, sure. Uh,
1: especially if you've got like a cut bank or something yeah, I mean, where you don't yeah. have that option. If you ever see honkers, I think or even ducks, if they're on a body of water and they're like in the center, you know that they're, yep. they're not sure of that area, you know that's maybe new or they're worried about predators on on the like you said the bank, you know. But when they're when they're all over the edges and all over, yep. you know, flapping around on drying off or. You know, just kind of out there picking, foraging, you know, and then they got them in the water, too. That's natural. They're safe. They're comfortable. That's what you want to look like. And then, like I said, typically, if
3: you're on that same pond and it's super windy, everything's going to get tighter together. Yeah. If it's less windy, so say, like, under 15, they're going to start spreading out. Uh, I don't know if that's a conservation of energy. I don't know. If they can't, uh, like, if they have to get up because of danger and it's spread out. It's harder for them to all get going, so yeah. they'll stay together. Uh, where if it's not, they can just kind of go wherever they want. when it's
1: windy, they just then get right out of.
3: Yeah, get right out of dodge. Yep, yeah. and they they can all hear yeah. what's going on because of the the wind knocks down what they can hear. Yeah, but I think that's what that's about. But they'll do the same thing in the dry feed on that. Yeah, windier it gets, the more they'll get together. Um, the one thing we do do on water if we have a big goose spread out uh typically we shorten the spinners
1: really? so yeah if, we do you, you're saying if you have geese yeah you get those spinners real low yeah and we do uh, that on are you talking about on water both both yeah, yeah. We're talking about, we do it on field all the time we get those things as low as we can yes
3: uh i don't like especially if i'm going to shoot ducks and i'm going to shoot geese that day i don't like the spinners up real high for the geese no even even not spinning i think it messes with them yeah i don't think it's because it's a spinner i think it's just something there yeah that they don't like yeah. yeah i think if you just put a post up in there they wouldn't like it any better no uh so Don't a lot of so. times if we're dry feeding uh lucky sells uh those little i i should know what they're field called flashers yeah the field flashers we love field mm-hmm. flashers. We use a lot of field flashers in dry feeds because you can get them right down on the ground yeah you'll have to you'll have to step the, the, the ground or, the the or whatever so, around it yeah. yeah yeah you'll have to step it down or the wings because it's so there. low yeah because yeah, they'll drive you nuts but yeah, we use uh, that. We use a lot of those intermittently in fields. Yeah, you scuffle, and, and those still have remotes, so it doesn't hurt your goose hunt at all.
1: Yeah, for field flashers, uh, you can program all to one remote, and they can be on timer. Oh yeah, and when those things are off, you lose them. You can't see them in the goose no, decoys. No,
3: my gosh, I think we put I don't know how many we have. If we put all the spinners that we have plus the flashers, we may have forty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think we probably had three dozen on a one remote. Do you do you run a, three dozen on one <laughs> remote? Do you run them on all timer? Uh No, we usually run the flashers on the timer, and then we'll run the, the full-size spinners on. Full. Cool. Yeah, but typically... I, just,
1: I mean, I just would love to see 40 flashers on timers. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty good looking. Is it? Yeah, oh, I guarantee it is. It's pretty good looking.
3: Uh, so typically what we'll do is, like in a field, uh, depending on your wind, is how you got your spread set up, but we'll have the flashers mixed in with the honkers because usually you're going to shoot the ducks first, yeah. uh, especially once they get into dry feed mode. Usually daylight, they're going to hit dry feed uh we'll set the spinners exactly where we want to shoot them because i mean that's where they're going to hover in a dry feed is over the big spinners so as soon as we get our ducks shot out we'll just yank the the spinners out of the kill hole but you can leave the flashers they don't hurt anything yeah yeah and then if you get days where it doesn't work out and you're going to shoot mixed all day we may just put
1: the flashers out and leave the the bigger spinners spinners. yeah Yeah. we we did that every day we were always debating like okay do we just take the actual lucky ducks out and just leave the field flashers or we run both or you know we did that all the time we've shot a lot of ducks over field flashers yeah a lot yeah um we'll t-
3: we'll take those two and uh a lot of times on uh like last year the ponds were so high we had grass that was in the water yeah so we would take the silhouettes the geese yeah and we'd put around the edges and we would put some flashers in those yeah. in those silhouettes just to like they were up in the bank just foraging messing yep. around and the they go on and on and on and off, so it looks pretty good once you get away from it. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to worry about them because they go on and off and on and off and on and off, and it, it's not a decoy; it's just a box. So you don't have to necessarily worry about them trying to finish over the top of those. Yeah. When you have them spread out around the edges.
1: When they're turning off, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, they're they're like a khaki color. They can get lost in the mm-hmm. ground very easily.
3: Yeah, and it's a pretty uh, lengthy timer. Because yeah. it's random it's random and yeah. it's not
1: on off on off it's there's some pot, there's definitely yeah, some like, big breaks in there i don't know
3: i've never counted it but i would assume there's got to be 10 seconds on sometimes some, yeah. yeah on the cycle random yeah yeah cuz sometimes you'll turn them on and you'll think your batteries are dead you just have to give Maybe it a little bit it. yeah. Yeah, no, for it's please. cycle to run yeah. cuz i don't think those have any pre-programmed rhythm I think
1: it's generated it's, it's randomly. They say it's random. Yeah, yeah no, I think it is. There's some other, you know, back in the day, you know, when you wanted a timer, you would actually program your 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 cadence. You I'm actually, so
3: old. We used to go up and get flashers, yeah, out of cars out of and stick in yep. spinners mm-hmm. to get them to,
1: yeah, to, to stop
3: start. Yeah. yeah, to stop start. That's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We used to do that a lot. Um, but no, so I mean, that would be my best goose advice. You got another question from Dan? Uh, silos. I'd assume these mean silhouettes. Yeah. Um, is that what
0: you said? Yeah, I'm
3: guessing that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not silo socks. I'm assuming it's silhouettes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on geese or ducks, uh, duck-wise, we um, if we're in a field, uh, the duck silhouettes are great. You like them? Oh yeah, they're very effective. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not a big full-body duck guy. Yeah. Um, my problem with it is, is by the time you drag bagged full-body ducks out there i could have just put out honkers, which you can see more of yeah so i've never been a big lover of full-body ducks but i do like the full-body or the the silhouette mallards because one bag and you have five or six dozen yeah and they're quick you know stakes you just stick Mm -hmm. them and go on so yeah we shot a lot of ducks over full-body you use uh,
1: silhouettes for candidates too sometimes mix
3: sometimes uh last year was pretty tough on everything because we got our migration last year like the first week in november and then we pretty much shot the same ducks and geese for the rest of the year. Yeah. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. It was pretty rough. Uh, I mean, we did good. We had a lot of good days. But, yeah, we did not pick up a lot of new birds uh, last year after, like, the third week in November. Um, so we would go, like our general rule, we don't hunt a lot over just silhouette spreads. Um, we do more of, we'll say for every full-body uh, goose, we can put out two silhouettes to bulk it up. Uh, now, last year they kind of saved us though because it was so muddy, we couldn't get the mule in, we couldn't get a truck in, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so we walked a lot in last year, and I think we have forty dozen silhouettes, yep. so we could get a pretty big spread out there by by walking. Yep. And then a lot of days too, uh, we couldn't get the trailer in with the mule, we get the mule so uh we you know it's pretty easy to throw the whole spread in a mule through silhouettes yep. yeah now some days it works better than others on the silhouettes but yeah. it was kind of a hard test last year on that because it was muddy and we'd go we'd have a lot of 32 degree nights or 30 degree nights so you were looking at it one day and it was frozen well, the next day it would go up two or three more degrees uh-huh. so sheet water would form somewhere yeah and it's so right on top yeah to the, the feed would change constant because yeah. you'd get water you, you'd get different water every 24 hours so that was a rough one that's the first year i've ever dealt with that specifically that much like usually not, you'll get a week of freeze, that but yeah. not we had to have that for six weeks last year like we were running we were running ice eaters last year before thanksgiving really? Yeah. Only yep. for a couple hours in the morning. But yeah, about every time we'd sit a pond it would freeze for two hours. Yep. And it would ruin your your first bird. So yeah, we were putting an ice eater in the beginning of which is not typical for us in the part of Kansas we hunt. Usually yep. that doesn't happen until the first week of December. Yeah. So so I'm ho I i I would prefer it froze or didn't freeze. No uh, the back and forth nonsense. Yeah, I think the other issue we had last year. And I think the whole corridor had it from Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, is the rivers were up so high, Mm -hmm. when we'd freeze, the ducks couldn't go gravel on them, because there was no riffles anymore. It was just one big current line. And uh, so I think what was happening last year is I think every time we'd freeze out, they'd bump south. Instead yep. of sitting on the rivers, and then when we <laughs> thaw out, they'd bump back north. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of worked everywhere.
0: Well, yeah, the rivers were so high. Usually, there's a little bit of slack water, or eddies, or yeah, you know, so wing dikes or something they can get behind. But last year, nothing. No, I mean, the Kansas River and Missouri, they were all bank high all year.
3: Yeah, all my name was full. Everything was just full. Yeah. so yep. they couldn't just go gravel bar very many places. So that was an odd one last year. Uh, for that
0: long, for, yeah, for that long, because it was the entire season. Well, and I mean the i've got places along the Kansas river to hunt and it's still up oh very much yeah and yeah and a lot of those
3: just are not good if it's not no it has to have sand showing or gravel for them to be worth the crap
0: which is unfortunate that Yeah. It's whatever and yeah. a lot of people are pointing fingers at different groups of who control that but yeah. whatever mother nature yeah you exactly deal with,
1: you deal with what you get
0: yeah yeah chandler what else you want to talk about
1: i mean um uh, any more questions relating relating to duck calling i mean we've covered a lot a lot of good good meaty stuff here for guys who are are new to it or even even experienced guys who just maybe just never thought of something like you know that you mentioned there's some things in there that are pretty that are pretty good i think for as far as useful tips for duck calling mm-hmm. um i know if you want to learn how to blow a duck call better we have what what, what episode is that but we have two podcasts or one pod two podcasts right mm-hmm. i think there's two yeah we, we have, did two yeah.
0: earlier they're probably like under in the 10 around 10 yeah, i think
1: there's somewhere around the 10s but yeah that's the rogers waterfowl podcast so you can find whatever on itunes everywhere
0: All yeah right. stitcher google spotify tune in yeah
1: so yeah. if you want to get if you want to get your call better sounding better on the cadence it's tighter better feed go back to those podcasts run through that um, yeah, I know Bobby's always active on social media, and we are too. We can always ask us questions or ask Bobby questions. But then after that, you jump to this. You know, This mm-hmm. is going to be a podcast here next week, right? Yes. So jump back to this, and then this is all about calling, and you can review it and listen to it a couple different times. I bet there's things that I've missed that, that I'd want to go back and listen to just because there's so much information we just covered.
0: I see a new call on the table. I kind of want to know a little bit more about that.
3: That is called The Fuse. So, well, one of our most popular calls are LT handcuts.
1: Uh, a lot this of you one. guys run them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've had one. this yeah. one. I brought this up. I've had this one for been a while. seven years. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Like, this uh, is like a mixed match. Like, I really didn't care. I just, I really <laughs> needed a call. And you're like, well, let's see what I got. And then we just, like, stuck these two together, and that's been it. Uh, so the other popular call we have is called a center and it's a, it's one of
3: our mid range calls. So I've had a lot of people ask me, what if I take a center and I put it in an LT barrel cause it's our shortest platform. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I actually ran that call for probably two or three seasons. Um, so this year we haven't had a new J frame call in quite a while. Uh, so this year I decided to put them together. So that is a, it's a center and an LT hand cut that are fused together. So that's hence the name fuse. Uh, I looked it up, it's it's a word, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's F-U-Z-E, uh, we have a new moisture management system on the tone board, which you probably can't see in the camera, mm-hmm. but normally I have two grooves that run all the way past the tip of the reed, and they're not for spit, what they do is they just let air get under the reed so the reed doesn't get pinned down by saliva, but uh, I did away with all the unnecessary parts of the tone board that uh, that, that don't need to be there, so it's a, it's a bigger system to let air get underneath the reed. Uh, it's a, one of our hand-cut models, so it'll be a little raspier than a standard center, and it's a little bit faster because it's in that little LT frame. So that would be the new one. Go and ahead, you, go ahead and run it. Yeah, you, you guys should have these at the store in oh, a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, we should have them. So that would be the fuse i'm ready to go shoot some ducks i am too because it was 40 degrees this morning yeah, i was pretty exactly. excited yeah. i was
1: deer hunting this morning did you get anything no see anything we don't know time we didn't well, see one before shooting light though well you're pretty busy. well
0: the, the whole thing is yeah you you get here regardless of what time the whole pre time change is kind of just awkward yeah. to try and hunt before work is that this weekend i thought I thought somebody said, next i thought it was next weekend somebody somebody,
3: somebody made out. a post my wife usually tells me yeah so i'm not late or early the next day <laughs> when i'm hunting yeah
0: yeah i always thought it happened in november but i could have swore i saw That's, somebody post on social media the time change is this weekend i think so i yeah. think
3: saturday we hunt the current time and sunday we go back i'm gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna here. hunt saturday and sunday and then i've got to make calls for four days uh to fill you guys back up yeah and, and then uh i think we're going to nodak on the first
0: what yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah,
3: yep. which I don't know how good that will be because it's pretty flooded right now up there. So we also got some goose calls, 50-50, and this was the 45, you called it? Yep. yep. So basically that's a four and a half inch call. Yep. Uh, the 50-50 is a little bit longer. For everybody that hunts lessers, uh, a true lesser call is a very hard call to run because to get that that super good scratch at them, that high pitch, you've got to make them pretty small. So they are the hardest goose call to run. doesn't matter who makes it uh if it's the smaller goose call gets the harder they are to run uh and doesn't matter which side of it you shrink per se uh just if it's if it's a five inch call it'll run easier than a four inch call so a lesser call is usually a big little thing and they're pretty hard to run because you have to have your pressure right your hands right Mm -hmm. your tongue position right on them uh so what that is it's got a real short barrel and it's got the same insert our grader has but if you want to tune a call high pitched it takes some of the the pain away from trying to run a small call yeah or you can tune it for a just a faster honker call, yeah. because the barrel's a little bit smaller than a 45 or a greater. So, uh, and then you've got a spec call. Yes, we is have this is spec a spec. Call. No, no, this is nope.
1: a spec. We'll get to these in a second. This is a spec. Our
3: spec call is real wide open. It's got a set of our 5/8 inch guts, and it's, got it's super easy call to run.
2: <laughs> uh,
3: very easy call to run. You can run one handed. <laughs> So, very user-friendly spec call. Uh, it's plenty loud. Uh, you can tune those uh, the other direction, and you can go more uh, higher-pitched if you like it closer to a snow. Some guys like a spec real yeah. high-pitched. Some guys, I like them a little scratchier. like yeah. that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I do, I think they sound more real. But a lot of guys like them a little scratchier yeah. or a little less scratchy. So...
1: Loud Timber hand cut he was popular correct, uh, or is Loud artist? Timber
3: hand cut and Connors hand cut are the Connors tan cuts actually a little bit easier to run than an LT yeah. But it kind of depends on how you're built. Yeah, uh, so a Connors hand cut This is a uh, platform off of one It's just a little longer about three-eighths of an inch yeah. and for some guys that makes a world of difference either direction yeah. some guys will run it exponentially better uh, or some guys will run it worse and run the small barrel better. I personally run the smaller frame calls better. Yep. But I make, I make uh, like, my tendency would be to have slower air with less pressure, where if you're a guy that has a little bit faster air with more pressure, you'll usually like the bigger barrel yep. with the same insert. So, But, yeah, that's kind of always something real trippy when we're doing a show is you can hand somebody an LT and they go, eh, and then you take the insert out and stick it in the bigger
1: barrel. Like, oh, my God, that's crazy what that does. I'm like, yeah, it does quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. So I think it's the reverse for me. I, the con artist just kind of tricks me or something. There's too much barrel length. I don't so. like the lag feel. Yeah. yeah. I've got to be right on that reed immediately. Yep. But
3: some uh, guys really like the lag feel. But you can do the same thing like on a honker call if you've got the reed super tight to thing, the gut
1: trough. I want that reed right there in yep. front of me. Where yeah.
3: some guys will like a little gap so there's just a little lag from when they hit the note. Yeah. Yeah, so it just depends on how you're but A lot of that is... The size of your throat, the size of your mouth cavity, where you cut the note off. Whether yeah. it's all the way with your
1: throat or the middle of your tongue. Yeah. Yeah, which changes all that. You have the fuse. The new conner, so you just talked about. And then you have a, what's on your laner here? We got a whistle and a There's and a another cut down. whistle.
3: There's a little lesser call down there. And then that cut down
2: call. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then these three. These, this one, that, that one and that one, yeah. And these are actually, and then actually, we have one more molded call I didn't bring with yeah, me. They're actually molded calls, so these acrylic price points vary over a hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, they're between
3: be, at the store, they'd be between like 110 and 200.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we have burl, yeah, like with burl the burl and acrylic yeah, to combos be technical. that'd be like 200 mm-hmm. bucks. Yeah, I mean, but they're like, super custom, but yeah,
3: with the average duck call price from us from the store on acrylic from you guys is like 110, yeah, yeah, but these are molded those are molded Uh, i mold them in the shop we don't do anything it's not in our shop um we make everything we build uh they're a poor molded resin so they're not a polycarb they're much different than a polycarb it's not as hard but it's more uh shatter resistant yeah because it's so what that stuff does it's really cool it's it's a poured resin and it it's got the very very similar acoustics to wood Uh, so it's a little bit deader sounding So it's got more of like a coca bowl sound to it so if yeah. a guy wants a call uh instead of thinking on the price point specifically so if a guy wants a if he loves wood calls but they don't like the maintenance of a wood call yeah uh, it's a great choice uh but it's also a great call like if you just have 60 bucks which you guys probably sell them in the store for 55 or i don't know i, I think, think it's, it's 59, 55, and 55 yeah. or something mm-hmm.
1: like that but i mean but molded call great guts i mean then you can it's you, a great call for 55 dollars yeah 60 bucks
3: yeah but, yeah. Uh-oh.
1: It's very f- easy to blow.
3: Yeah, they're super easy. Like I so said, the goose calls, like they're like wood. They just don't have that super high crack to them because that resin's real soft. Uh, you can throw them. You won't hurt them. They're pretty hard to mess up. So, yeah, they're a great call uh, for the price. And we yeah. make them in spec, two duck calls, and then uh, the honker call. And you guys carry all of them. Yeah. yeah.
0: We went through a pile of those at the Rogers Weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So pretty much everything you carry in acrylic, you carry something similar in the... You know. well, we
3: carry a mid-range in the molded, mm-hmm. uh, and then we carry a small bore in the molded on the duck call, And then on the goose call we carry that one right there, which is J 4 So it's the same call as our G45, but it's a little bit more open because the material is a little softer. It's pretty quiet if I don't open it up. And then uh the spec call and the spec call is definitely worth having a molded spec call and a uh, uh if you're a spec guy molded spec call and an acrylic spec call because they're vastly different sounding on the same tune because of the material hmm. the honker calls the same way usually your duck call guy either likes the sound of wood or like sound of acrylic they're yeah. kind of they're kind of one or the other and usually i think just one is more realistic sounding than the other uh, I'm an acrylic call guy on the uh, duck calls. Yeah. I like the sound of an acrylic call a lot. But a lot Same of guys here. just don't like the, the the sharpness that an acrylic call gives. Yeah. But I also usually tell people the duck calls only as excited as you make it. Yep. It doesn't really matter how loud it
0: is. Yeah. Yeah. Put so. some emotion behind it. Mm-hmm. So. I can't think of anything else. Chandler, anything else?
1: No, I mean, I'm ready to go do it. I'm ready to go stand out there and. And chatter, talk to him back and forth.
3: <laughs> Me too. Yeah, it's been a long summer.
1: He only got a couple more days. I know. I know. Yeah, it's not real yet, though. It's not real to Thanksgiving. Yeah, our middle no deck could our be our good. Our middle zone is November seventh, so. <laughs>
3: yeah, we open one side of the highway on the twenty fifth or sixth, whatever the Saturday is, and then we wait two weeks, and we open on the other yeah. side. Yeah, but uh, I got some buddies up in No Deck right now, and they've been shooting fairly okay. They're having a hard time because it's so flooded. Yeah, they're just ducks everywhere. But they're shooting a lot of widgeon, a lot of gadwall, some mallards. Yeah. Yeah. But then my buddies up in uh, Canada, uh, they're mostly shooting mallards. Yeah. Yeah, they've had a pretty good run. Mm-hmm.
0: I like yeah. widgeons. They're
3: pretty. I do, too. I'll shoot widgeon all day long. I do like them. Yeah, I like the way they come in, too.
0: It's been a while since I've shot a good one, but they're they're so pretty.
3: We get lucky, and about once a year, we'll go on a two- or three-day uh, run where we'll shoot, like, a five-mana widgeon. It's just all that's used in the ponds for a little bit. I don't know if they're just pushing through or they get congregated That's fine. I'll, I'll hammer out some widgets. Yeah, they're pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Man, I'm, I can... I'm ready.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: And widgeons like to die. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they just give it up pretty Yeah. Good. I would say that with gadwalls here. Yeah. I mean, that's what I deal with. They just, they want to be.
3: Gadwall and Farb ponds get a little different. Yeah. Uh, we typically try to shoot, because that's, so we call November brown dog month. Yeah. Uh, because for the first two weeks, that's what we're going to shoot yeah, brown ducks. Yeah. we I mean, mostly gadwalls. Fact. Yeah. It's just brown duck month. Um, we typically try to shoot gadwall on ponds you can shoot across. Because most of our gadwall will hit the middle. Yeah. So if you got too big a pond, uh, a lot of yeah, times you're, you're just going to watch gadwall hit the middle of that pond for yeah. most of the morning. I mean, you get a few that'll give you the look, but, uh, so yeah, typically ponds you can shoot across are like the honey spots for gadwalls. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, they're really temperamental about the wind too yeah yeah if uh if your wind changes real drastically on the scout they can just be completely different because they're a daylight duck for us yeah i mean that's your you know you're going to shoot them for the first hour and 40 minutes maybe and then you're not going to be like gadwall action at 11 o'clock no no uh now like our mallards we shoot most of our mallards probably between oh nine and eleven yeah yeah that's the majority of our that's like our prime time yep like my morning yeah my perfect day would be uh cold not cold enough to ice the whole pond but edge ice is fine uh like a 10 or 15 mile an hour wind and sunshine and i don't really care which way the wind's blowing as long as there wasn't a full moon the night before
1: as long as you can hide
3: yeah but that's my perfect and then you'll shoot uh we call them sunshine ducks uh from nine on sunshine ducks are the
1: best ducks there is they look gorgeous on camera. Yes they do. Yes yes they do. <laughs> they look gorgeous they at the end of VM too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and they take good pictures later in the day too. Yeah. yeah. Iridescence of the feathers and sun. Yep. They're very photogenic. All right. So yeah, I can't think of anything else that I need to talk about.
1: Thanks guys for watching live. Thanks for the questions. We'll have this live podcast posted next week.
0: Next week it'll get posted. Yeah.
1: But I appreciate it. They got some really good questions and uh got mm-hmm. some really good answers and a lot of a lot of stuff. To, you might have to sit back and this is live. You have to go back and re-listen to it. You might miss something.
0: Yes. And, again, it will be posted next week, so you can download yeah. it and watch it. And,
1: iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. Yeah.
0: And if you like it, feel free to uh, leave us a review, too, on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. Yeah. Leave us uh, some feedback there. we always we're listen. to Spotify it. on Spotify as well. We're on Spotify. Okay. Tune yeah. in. There's a, a slug of them. A that, lot
1: of them. Yeah. It'll probably be on YouTube.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, we'll put it on YouTube yeah. so you can go back and watch it. There, you, well
3: YouTube's the only one i use yeah yeah so, so. that's where i watch rogan that's where i watch all of them yeah yeah i don't have any of the. you
0: don't have it on your no you just no. youtube and yeah that yeah. works too yeah <laughs> that absolutely works yeah i'm not a big app guy yeah, yeah.
1: not you yeah, know all of our podcasts are video not of them are videoed live so right most of them are have to live on the itunes platform yeah
3: no. you are a guinea pig <laughs> yeah i think yours i just go to the is it the website
0: to listen to yours
3: I go somewhere and you can just hit play down the list.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. that's probably it. I think it we is. We probably
1: got it all linked up. Anyways,
0: <laughs> all right. So well, we do appreciate everybody watching, yeah. tuning in today. And so with that, we'll uh, we'll let Bobby get back to work so he can hunt and not have well, to work he, all he day. to season. turn
1: some calls. We need some more. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you, fellas. Thanks.